You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. Hi, I'm Julie Larson Brisher, Science and Technology Editor for Meeting Place Magazine. Welcome to Episode 53 of Meeting Pod, where we're talking a novel approach for pathogen control and food safety management in poultry processing with Juanfra Diviana, Director of Quality Assurance and Food Safety at Wayne Farms. In his role at the seventh largest vertically integrated producer and processor of poultry in the U.S., Wanfra is always looking to innovate science and technology solutions to ensure safer and wholesome chicken products for customers and consumers. And he's championed continuous improvement since joining the Oakwood, Georgia-based company in 2004, where he's held quality assurance supervisor and operations management positions at the processor's plants in Danville, Arkansas and Pendergrass, Georgia. When I interviewed Juan for last year for Meeting Place's science profile feature, he told me, I'm a big proponent of pioneering the use of innovative technology in our fast-paced industry. I believe that we cannot have the mentality of waiting until someone else does it and then follow suit because we'll be behind the eight ball. Even if we fail somewhere, our ability to get up and pushing to innovate and do better is the measure of our success. I mention this because today we're going to talk about an evolutionary, if not revolutionary, approach to pathogen control and food safety management in poultry processing, an outcome of Wanfra's research with Texas Tech University. In his latest push to innovate and a topic I can't wait for him to share with our listeners. Welcome to Meeting Pod, Wanfra. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today, especially since I know you're working on finishing your PhD dissertation in addition to all your responsibilities at Wayne Farms. And thanks for making the time to do this. Thank you, Julia. And thank you very much for having me here today. And it's always a pleasure to, to meet with you. There's so many topics I could cover with you, Wanfra, but today I want to focus on your research at Texas Tech, where you're completing your doctoral degree. Can you tell us a little bit about that research, how it came about, what problem or challenge it's trying to solve, and who's involved, you know, just everything. Why did you even become interested in the project? Sure. This project came about a discussion between my advisor, Dr. Sanchez Plata from Texas Tech, and myself around one of the IPPs in Atlanta. It was an idea that was based on some data that we had previously collected at one of our processing plants that was running at the time at 140 bars a minute, and it was currently running at 175 bars a minute and had the typical or the common antimicrobial interventions. And the idea was to do a microbial comparison between what was currently used in the industry in terms of chemical intervention levels, if you will, and a reduced or what he likes to call it naked process, where all the interventions were actually turned down to the minimum allowed. And so we wanted to determine the actual contribution to each of the major interventions in, in a processing plant. And this idea came up from countries where processing facilities actually process chickens to markets that do not allow chemicals in, in South America. And these facilities actually have days that run with no chemicals and days that run with chemicals and the macro performance varies. And so we wanted to see the effects in U.S. soil. So that, that's kind of where the idea came about. And there's, there's a lot of people involved because we have the folks that are collecting the samples, shipping the samples, and we have a, an army of research assistants at 
Texas Tech that actually are involved in this project in the different steps, you know, all the way through what we are working on right now, which is the isolation as the last step of, of this research. So I know that the title of the research paper, which is going to be published pretty soon, it's kind of long, but I'm going to read it out because I think it gives you some parts to talk about what the research is, but it's called Novel Approach for Pathogen Control and Food Safety Management in Poultry Processing, Biomapping Indicator and Pathogen Loads in High and Low Level Antimicrobial Intervention Schemes. Now, well, let's unpack that a bit. First, can you define biomapping and explain the how and why of this approach with regard to assessing the efficacy of traditional pathogen interventions? Yeah, sure. And this is actually the fourth attempt that we had to the title because it, it was actually longer before. And so this is probably the, the shorter version of all of them. But biomapping in general, by definition, refers to basically evaluating microbial loads being microbial indicators or pathogen prevalence and levels as it changes throughout a sequence of locations within a processing facility where physical operations and antimicrobial interventions are applied. These locations are basically in order from the beginning of the plant, from the front of the plant, all the way through the through the final product, um, completing what I like and a lot of folks like to refer to them as a holistic approach. And rather than trying to find one silver bullet intervention, and so traditionally these interventions have been evaluated as a whole by the contribution of each of these interventions or locations individually has not been studied in a comprehensive manner like we did, and especially in a commercial processing setting. And so that's what makes this project, this research novel, and also the fact that we have included quantification not only for the typical indicators, APC and EB, interactor SE, but we have also included quantification of salmonella and campylobacter. So and we did this over a period of 25 months. So we included not only different seasons, but different types of weather and different conditions to ensure that we, we uh, account for that variability. So that's, that's what makes it novel and, and really exciting, not only to talk about, but, but actually to, to see what else we can get out of the results that we've got so far. And so, like I mentioned before, this, this is never done before. And. And remember that the current standards are only based on prevalence, so positive or negative for salmonella and campylobacter, but, but the risk of illness really depends significantly on the quantification on the load. And so that's what makes this, this research very interesting. Would you talk about the 10 in-plant locations from the evisceration process that were selected for this biomapping study and how you measured or statistically compared the prevalence of salmonella and campy at each location? The 10 locations that we came up with was actually after a selection process. So initially we had more locations, but then as we did the baseline of the first test, then we decided to keep this 10. And so in order, like I mentioned on the biomap, in, in order of occurrence, we wanted to evaluate the incoming load. We wanted to know what we started with, not necessarily already in the process, but what it came from the field. And so that was sampled at the live hanging area, which most of the studies actually start at the rehanger location, which is actually our second location. So we wanted to see that that effect of the picking process, the scalding process and all that into the microbial reduction. So the second, as I mentioned, is the rehanger location where basically the picking line transfers 
into the visceration line. And at this point, you know, the bird has no feathers. They've been physically removed in the, in the prior steps. The third one is, was right after the eviscerator. So as soon as the viscerators were removed from the carcass, we did a sampling there. The next one was post-cropper where the, the crops are removed. The fifth location was the post-neck uh, breaker. And then we wanted to evaluate, which is, which is something that I'm glad we decided to do. The next locations were after the first inside house of bird washer and the next one after the second inside house of bird washers, because typically an operation will have two of these and in between there will be brushes. So we wanted to evaluate that effect. And then the last three are also interesting because we wanted to evaluate what was the load in terms of quantification pre-chilling. So before it goes into the chilling step. And then naturally we wanted to do post-chilling. So we did post-chilling location. And then we wanted to evaluate a parts location, but we couldn't just do all the parts. It was just going to be too cumbersome. So we pick the wings as the parts location as traditionally they have been the worst case scenario to the protective effect of the skin on the bacteria. So that, that's what we picked that. So as I mentioned, we had more locations, but that's what we that we end up deciding to do because we consider those were key microbial interventions, intervention locations. So something that we did confirm with the quantification was that for all indicator organisms, APC and EB, as well as the pathogen testing that we did, Salmonella and Campylobacter, the log reductions from that incoming location that we selected to the rehanger was significantly different even when no intervention was applied. And so basically by heating up the bird after slaughter in, in the scalding step and throughout the picking room, as well as the feather removal, had a significant impact on, on the reductions under the naked scheme with greater than two logs across all bacteria, which, which is very impressive. So that was something that we expected, but it was, it was very encouraging to see with the numbers that we could get over two log reductions across all the bacteria that we tested. So that, to me, that was one of the impressive results and reassurance that what we're doing in the industry, it's it's actually working and, and it actually has a very, very good effect. So another significant treatment was the first inside washer where the next significant reduction, if you will, occurs in the process. And then finally, the chilling step. So when you put together the insulasober washer, the chilling step, those are very key components of an operation in the reduction of bacterial load. And finally, something that, that we confirmed was the fact that the parts intervention, whether it's a spray or a dip, it actually had a critical and significant reduction when compared the conventional treatments versus the naked scheme. So those were the aha moments, the, the three locations where we obtained the results that actually have very significant reductions and differences between the two schemes. Well, you know, and I know you mentioned at one point to me that the research also touches on line speed waivers since the plant where the research was conducted runs at 175 BPM. What were your findings with respect to line speeds and did any of those findings surprise you? I was personally pleased, but but I think all of us were pleased, but not surprised to see that at line speeds up to 175 bursts per minute, we were still achieving the desired reduction in quantification of microbial loads and performing equal or sometimes better than at the lower speeds, which was a confirmation of the great job that, that the industry is doing in, in food safety. And so at this particular location, we had done an initial baseline when it was running at 140 bursts a minute. And in fact, 
at higher speeds, those reductions are actually more significant. And you would also mentioned that another, the big finding of this research is really that the evidence shows that prevalence alone is not really a good measure of salmonella or campylobacter performance. So would you agree with that? And in your opinion, you know, how can this research really be applied in a practical way to improve pathogen control in a poultry processing operation? Absolutely. And I agree. And and this research has confirmed that when prevalence alone is looked as a food safety measure of performance, it's not a scientific approach as it can give a false sense of what the reductions actually are. I'll give you a little bit of background here. So for salmonella, the difference in prevalence between live receiving location, that was about 90%, to the rehanger location, about 40%. So we're talking about 50% reduction. However, when you look at the quantification, the average reduction from live receiving to the rehanger locations was actually higher than 75%. When you're looking at actual numbers, the enumeration, and in the case of Campylobacter, for instance, the prevalence under the normal treatment, so with chemicals, it basically remained a constant between 90 and 100% through all the way through the pre-chiller location. However, as discussed before, there was a 3.18 log CFUs per mil reduction from live receiver to rehanger that is not noted when you're just looking at it as a prevalence. And so very few cells that surviving cells that can be detected, the risk has definitely been reduced in a significant manner. Just like with the naked treatment, the prevalence of Campylobacter remained 85 to 100% through post inside acid bird washer one location. Disregarding the reductions in counts that we had from live receiving to rehanger that were 3.23 logs CFUs per mil, which is strong evidence that the prevalence alone cannot be used as a sole representation of food safety within the poultry facilities. So if we really want to have a risk-based approach, quantifications of actual pathogens is, is the way to go. And so there is a lot of data generated by research in addition to what we generate as poultry processors that collect a lot more than any regulatory bodies. And so you think about it, for example, in a single line of eviscerate that that will process, say, 660,000 births a week, there will be a total of 30 samples connected in one week for just one indicator organisms. And these samples are in addition to the other microbial samples that, that are collected that each establishment has implemented. So as poultry processors, through biomapping sampling, we select a lot more significant sampling locations rather than just one at post chill or parts that would help address and actually evaluate the overall microbial performance of a plant. And so the industry and the academia do a lot more repetitions and extra sampling locations. And there's sufficient data that with the proper statistical analysis can serve as a better measurement for an establishment's microbial performance. So that's why it's important to consider outside data, such as the one from this research, for instance, and considering combining that to actually calculate or evaluate microbial performance of a plant. So this approach definitely, with this research, we have found that definitely has to take into account prevalence, quantification, and also different serotypes in the case of salmonella and campylobacter. Well, thank you very much for that explanation. And I'll just end this podcast, I think, on a personal note, I noticed that you're on track now to finish your PhD by May 2022. So not too many months away. 
I think this is great research. I mean, I almost feel like, you know, it's not every thesis that you get to work on research that's this impactful, that could be this impactful to real life and, you know, real life operations, I guess. So congratulations, you know, and I, I know you're still working on it, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you for sharing it. Thank you. I appreciate, appreciate the opportunity and happy to be here. Well, uh, listeners, you can also find insight into Wayne Farms' approach to food safety and quality assurance by reading our February 2021 science profile, Goal Getter, featuring Wanfra, a food science and soccer superfan, in which he talks about several of his special interest areas, including antimicrobial interventions in food safety, poultry line speeds, and animal welfare. You can access it in the digital version of Meeting Place magazine online at meetingplace.com. You can also find out more about Wayne Farms at waynefarms.com, which features videos, recipes, infographics, and more, giving visitors a glimpse into the business and people that deliver amazing chicken products under the Wayne Farms, Chef's Craft, Platinum Harvest, Naked Truth, and Ladybird Signature Brands. And I invite you to head over to meetingplace.com and access our technical article archives to get more smart manufacturing advice first published in our poultry processor and other science and technology focused newsletters. Thanks again, Juan Fry, and good luck on all that writing. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for spending time with Meeting Pod today. Remember to tune in on Mondays and get the inside track on the people and processes that power the protein supply. Be sure to subscribe to Meeting Pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Meeting Place and Altmate magazines on social media, or visit our websites at meetingplace.com and alt-meet.net. <laughs>